Hi, I'm Pallavi and I'm Anshuman. Welcome to Navigating Life by Husband and Wife. Hi Pallavi. Hi Anshuman. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So, what are we talking about today? We could talk about project planning. Sure, yeah. What what specifically about project planning? So, the reason why i want to talk about it is because uh, i have realized that it doesn't come naturally to everyone to look at a large project mm. and then break it down into small achievable tasks and i've seen a lot of people get really overwhelmed by you know the amount of work that needs to be done to achieve something and um, i think well definitely engineering has given me that uh, opportunity to really look at projects and break it down into smaller tasks and um, so i thought you know maybe we could talk about it because i know that's something that you do very well at work as well and even in personal life <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah all my trello boards and asana exactly. boards and stuff yeah, yeah 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 no i really enjoy it yeah so great topic for me to talk about i love it yeah so why do you think it's important Oh, there's so many reasons. You know, uh, of course, you know one of the primary ones is mental peace. Oh yes. Um, you know, just if you think about, uh, let's say, building a building. Oh my God, there's so much to do. But then, if you broke down that building a building into all the things that go into building the building. Yes. You know, uh, uh, you know, digging out the the first excavation and putting in the foundation. now all of these are now becoming smaller tasks yeah. right and then you can think oh excavation okay that is an easy thing to do but you can also take a step back and say so what are the tasks involved in excavation yeah right so you you know for excavation you need to hire equipment you need to plan the day you need to make sure that there is you know soundproofing around the area so now you start breaking it down into even further smaller tasks so it's just so much mental peace mm. when you think about the smallest task rather than the largest task mm. so that is of course you know the most important thing uh the second thing is managing all the resources and all the you know inputs that go into doing a task if you think about managing all the resources to build a building oh my god there's so many there's civil electrical plumbing you know networking telephone cable and there's like so many things which i even i don't know because i'm not a civil engineer mm. but if you then take it down to the very smallest task the the task of booking an excavator yeah you can manage those resources much better yeah. right so it's it's how you manage the resources uh, is a is a second important reason to do it uh, and i think these two these two big reasons are are you know enough to make anyone want to do it so to i i do want to play devil's advocate here yeah. so let's say that for someone uh, any project is really overwhelming and say they then decided to take our advice and actually break down that big task into smaller tasks now don't you think that when they break it down into smaller tasks that is overwhelming because it's a lot of tasks for example the task that was given to them was build a building mm. task single task mm. now when they break it down into multiple tasks and then then sub sub tasks and then decide about resources and planning that can be more overwhelming because there are like probably thousands of things that need to be done to achieve that one thing so it is overwhelming right yeah yeah but now they know about those thousand things <laughs> rather than thinking oh i'm just building a building right and if we ask somebody that okay you're going to build a building how much time is it going to take for you to deliver they will give you know some random number mm. like oh it'll be done in 12 months whereas if they actually went through this exercise and did it sequentially broken down did timelines against each small task 
they will realize that you know their estimate could be way off yeah right so it's more accurate estimating of course uh, and breaking down and actually figuring out all this helps them then delegate the thousand tasks to different people so yeah. they don't have to just build the building but then they've got this whole army of people that they can delegate to mm. to help build that building yeah even if you apply that to personal life i am um, i i think the what you said about overestimation or underestimation is the important thing uh, because see in personal life a lot of tasks that you're doing you're probably just doing it for yourself or you know within your family you you're not really answerable to someone and someone's going to stand on your head and say hey you didn't deliver but i think that you know b- before committing to doing something if you have an idea or at least if you've taken the time to research and say okay can this really be done for mm. for me or for my family will help you say okay is it worth my time yeah or or you know is it just something that looks good but when you actually start doing it it's just not worth implementing so maybe in personal life the mental peace is achieved not by um looking at the amount of tasks that need to be done but more by having that um ability to judge and say i'm not spending my time on this my time exactly. is more important yeah yeah and actually if we just stop and reflect if all of us just stop and reflect on something that we do really well yeah we will realize that we actually doing this thing breaking down a big task into small tasks by by nature but we're not applying it to every area so mm. if for example i'm a chef and i do and i'm a, i'm a wonderful cook uh why do i cut vegetables before i put them in the pan yeah right because mentally i'm already i've got that sequence and i've already broken down cooking a dish yeah into those sub tasks yeah right but then when when i want to apply it in a different area i don't apply it mm. so if we just take a pause and we think about something that we're really good at we will realize that this is something that we all do anyway mm. but we find it hard to then extrapolate it into other areas of work or personal life yeah i have an example of uh, you know when i was kind of exposed to this whole project planning uh, for the first time uh, when i was in germany and we were writing our thesis in the masters and um, so i was interning at a company and uh, my uh, mentor at that point in time he he said okay so this is the topic that you are working on and he said okay what is your uh, index look like mm. and i'm like index brilliant yeah you know like you mean the chapters the listing of the chapters he said yeah he said i want you to work on the listing of the chapters first i said no but don't you think i should start writing out my thesis i have to write a 500 page document or whatever how big it was he said no if you don't have a thought process of you know how your thesis is going to flow then you won't actually know what to spend time on on your internship so let's look at your chapters and say okay this is the first step this is what i'm going to do in chapter 1 i need to research you know how to use this software i need to research that am i going to work on trucks am i going to work on cars then i need to research which part of the automotive uh, automobile am i going to work on and so on and so forth right so i i mean i've heard that you know germans are very very organized but this was my first uh kind of exposure to really looking at something in such great detail and then you think about it and you think that yeah okay if you've planned it if you've been given a task i think there's a famous saying right if you've been given 10 minutes to do a task you should spend 8 minutes planning it then only you're able to do it really quickly in the last 2 minutes so yeah. um i th- i think that was a great learning uh, very early on in my life that i had yeah and automatically quality of the output improves yeah right so of course one is the timeliness 
overestimating, underestimating, but the quality also improves because then you're focused on the smallest piece of work that needs to happen. Yeah. Rather than thinking about the entire thesis hmm. while trying to write it out as well. So, so that's that's actually very very good advice that you got. Hmm. All right. So, how do you go about breaking a task into smaller tasks? So I. Um, so when I have this, you know, a big task to do, let's say that there's, you know, a system that needs to be implemented. Um, I, I do have experience in implementing systems before. So I, in, in my mind, I already know what are the steps that need to be taken to get it implemented. Uh, and, you know, each time I implement a project or a system, I uh, get some learning. So I know, you know, maybe I need to add some more tasks, so I need to remove some tasks or I need to shuffle them around, sequencing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and now what I do is that generally when they're like big projects like system implementations, I will start with paper and pen yeah. and I'll write it down and, I'll, you know, and then I'll just write down everything that needs to happen without any sequencing, mm-hmm. breaking it down into the smallest achievable task. And sometimes I will actually even document down to call XYZ and mm. talk about the project to them, spend yeah. 30 minutes, right? So I try and break it down to that bare bone level. Mm. Now, once I have that entire listing, what I do is then I start digitizing it, yeah. right? So, I these days I use Microsoft Planner, earlier I used to use Asana, before that I was using Trello. I just really enjoy using these tools because you start putting this in and you can start to see the timeline develop. Yeah. And you can drag and drop the tasks around and move them in the right sequence. So, you get to understand what can be done in parallel, what, can, what has to be done in a sequential order, who you can delegate different subtasks to. Uh, and then you can get an overall picture of the complete timeline. So would you, so what I'm hearing you say is that you first list down all the tasks that you need to do. That's, I mean, I'm, now we're actually breaking down project management also into different tasks. So the first thing that you do is to write down all the tasks and then you look at it and say, what is the timeline? And then the third thing is who's going to do it. Yeah. Great. All right. So I I have pretty much the same kind of approach um, to, you know, breaking down any project into achievable tasks. I also do start from pen and paper. uh, And the only spin that I would like to give uh, to this is if I'm doing something new for the very first time, I really have no benchmark to say, okay, how much time is it going to take me? So I do put in time for research and maybe that's the first thing that I do and I everything else beyond that is still kind of hazy uh, because unless and until I have done the research, I have benchmarked it from other places that, you know, this is the kind of things I need to do to get this outcome and what are the resources that I need and how much time it's going to take. I can't really put a, put a you know, very definitive timeline on the rest of it all. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, I, I do the research and then yes, the next thing is to put it down in, into different steps. Uh, when I do the steps the first time, I keep it high level. So if, if it was like a book, I would probably say these are my chapter titles, yeah. right? So I, I, those are the things I would list out the first time. And then I go back and list out the different sections of the chapter. So I list out the subtask of a task. Uh, and when I reach that granular level where I think oh, I probably cannot break down this subtask into anything smaller, then I go and put resources and timeline against it. Having said that, yes, there are moments where sometimes you look at a subtask or a sub-subtask, you know, second level, third level task, anything. Oh no, this, this thing is getting pushed around. That happens to me quite a bit, um, you know, because I may have put something which is like, you know, um, 
write this article and then i realized no what's holding me back is i need this information or i need to read some articles to get an idea or you know i need to think where am i going to put this or whatever right there may be some information that is missing so then i do break that down into smaller things mm. yeah without really affecting the timeline because eventually that objective the writing the article is um is going to be delivered at a particular time but you know at least putting it down into smaller chunks takes that load off me and say okay let me today i have 10 minutes let me just do the research tick yeah. i've done that task so you know i feel like i'm moving a little bit forward by breaking it into subtasks so that is my understanding of what mental peace is that at least you see that little little bit of progress if you've broken it down into much smaller achievable yeah. things and you feel motivated that even if it's going to take me 3 years to deliver a building at least today i have contacted the tile guy or <laughs> tomorrow i have painted the inside wall or whatever yeah right? yeah so actually it's a great motivational tool yeah right all these apps or all these things about breaking down a big thing into smaller things is a motivational tool because you see you visually see the progress rather than as you say building a building it's not actually progressing uh, but these tasks are you know progressing so you can keep you can you can keep your organization updated you can keep your audience updated about progress because these small tasks are being achieved yeah and i think asana has a, in the paid version i know that they actually have a project uh, yes. calendar and where you can see you know how much percentage is done and even if something moves from like 47% to 48% you feel oh, okay at least you know one more thing done closer slightly more closer to the goal that we are trying to work towards exactly yeah yeah so actually you know there's there's one more point that we can introduce here is the is the fact that um you know when you're doing research or you're doing a task which you're not sure it's the first time you're doing it you don't know how long it's going to take so in those cases you know we should try and time box or restrict the amount of time that we spend on this on an activity because something like research or something which is open ended mm. we could do it forever yeah right there's new information constantly evolving so we could end up doing uh, maybe research or uh, or or contacting vendors mm. to get quotations we could do it forever and ever and ever yeah. so it's important to then time box it either in terms of number of vendor quotations or in number of hours that will be spent in doing that activity because then you can you know draw a line in the sand and say yeah this is the timeline that's getting developed now that one activity moves by say it doubles mm. then you know that okay your timeline will increase by some amount mm. so the time boxing time boxing thing is quite important to help you still keep an eye on the overall project plan yeah in fact uh, i was recently doing market research uh, for some for a project that i was working on uh, and i remember that you know when i started the market research there was just like so much data that i could find so many projects that i could look at which i could include in the in the market research that i was writing and there was just no boundary to it and so you know i had to go back to the team and have this discussion that you know okay what am i'm not putting a number and saying these are the number of um, say projects i need to document to be able to have that kind of database but at least we need to have some boundaries shall i go back all the way back to 1980 or you know can, are we okay if we are only looking at the last 5 years or so so yeah i think that's a good point that you brought up that um, even the research work needs to be you know limited in some manner or the other and yeah. then you just hope that the person who's doing the research has actually utilized all of their time to do the research properly yeah yeah exactly so um how often do you actually go back to your project plan and review progress and review whether changes need to be made so it depends on i guess the size the the duration of the project 
but it, it typically if it's a long project it's going to take at least a month we do look at it every week mm-hmm. and say you know just track our progress and say okay we thought we could achieve this in this week have we done it or not and if not what do we need to change um and i think um, what i what i've found is that that much amount of time is good uh, for some, for the team to go out and implement something and then come back with um you know with with tangible input and say this was possible or this is not possible i don't think i've ever been faced with the situation where i have grossly underestimated or overestimated the amount of time it would take to fulfill something uh, and i think that just comes down to now the practice of planning it properly of course early on in my career i'm sure i've done that very often but you know once you start uh, getting into the habit of planning your project very well i think there are less chances of being surprised yeah and actually it's important to keep coming back and reflecting on the project plan so the example of building a building uh you know if you if you break it down into the smallest achievable task and you have this amazing project plan for building the building if you don't come back and review it often like you say then uh you'll never realize or never know when things are slipping or not slipping even if one task is slipping is it impacting the overall project you won't realize you won't know what course corrections to do to bring it back on track or prevent further slippage so that constant review is important um and i've i've started realizing also that uh, not many organizations actually do this well because uh they go into an operational mode and hence they're constantly thinking of let's review the project mm. let's review the progress uh, but they don't stop and reflect on what has worked and what hasn't worked mm. because that's an important thing especially for longer term projects like building a building is to come back maybe every month mm. or every quarter and do a retrospective activity to figure out just pause there mm. and figure out what has worked and what hasn't worked and mm. you can do that for project planning as well what has worked in the project planning and what hasn't worked mm. and so if something has worked do more of it yeah and if something hasn't worked stop that and figure out how to solve that Mm. right because then if you have a longer project that goes over a couple of years you're starting to make these improvements and tweaks early on yeah. rather than you know things constantly slipping and and you just going into the infinite loop of let's review status yeah um and you keep reviewing the slippage and then further slippage and further slippage without actually correcting yeah what is the root cause of the problem yeah yeah exactly Hope you like this episode and if you want to hear more such conversations do subscribe to our podcast so that you are notified of new episodes see you next time